But I, I'm going to talk a little bit about the plumb line. Um, uh, pl the plumb line in the midst. We've talked about the plumb line because most people don't know what a plumb line is. So Pastor Jackson um, has a plumb line here. I don't know if he got it from his father-in-law. Oh. It's good to have, have relatives in high places. This is a plumb, plumb line. It's a plumb bob. It's a plumb line. And what this thing does is, it, for those of you who weren't at the conference, uh, it holds true. You put that down and that line, you don't do it like that. You hold it here and that line is perfectly straight. That line is what we call plumb. And, uh, and uh, this is how God wants us to live a plumb life. When I was a boy, uh, I heard the, the plumb all of my life. And th they would, people would say, oh, that guy is a plumb idiot. Or, <laughs> you know, and we, 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 didn't, we didn't know, we didn't know exactly what they were saying, but, but we knew what that meant, that he was full-fledged, no exceptions, that kind of thing. But we had never seen a plumb bob, uh, probably. And it, it, what that means is when something is plumb, it means it's perfectly straight, it's perf per perfectly vertical. It is what we call perpendicular. And uh, th that thing is always straight. There's no way you can, if you make a wall, build a wall or anything with a plumb line, that means that it is true, it's perfect. And so that's what God is looking for us. You will hear brothers and sisters as they teach the Word of God say things like, well, nobody's perfect. I hate that. If I may, I just hate that. Because there, where there is some, quote-unquote, truth in it, there's some reality in it, it's not totally the truth. It's not totally plumb. Because God is, Jesus is perfect. And, and, and the Bible says, be ye perfect. You be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. God would not say that if it were not possible. Okay. Now, we can get into some particulars later. I don't have time to get to uh, the nuances of that. Those unspoken things that go, mm, yeah, mm, you know, you start to talk like that, making sounds rather than words. So... so <laughs> So, but I want you to know, God doesn't say, okay, be perfect if you can't be perfect. I believe, and I've taught you, that there's a, pers a place in every believer, every believer, that's perfect. There is a place that is perfect in every believer. You can disagree with me, but we'll go have to go to the book like the UFC guys go to the mat. We'll have to go to the book because the, there's a place in you where it not I would have issue with God saying uh, that you have been saved. I would have a problem with that. We are spirit, soul, body. And the believer, the believer has a new heart. The believer uh, is the new man, the new person. But there's an old one that is messed up. And so God had to save us from the old one. Now, this is not really my message, but I'm going to get into it as quickly as possible. When we talk about the new man, the, the believer, the saved person, we're talking about somebody who has been made new. 
and I would like to use it like the right hand. But the old man is somewhere close to. And God has given us cleavage from the old and the new. He's given us. Otherwise, have I really been saved if there's not something in me that God has done? And that is the new man. And when Jesus comes or when we uh, go to, to him, that old thing is going to fall off and that's all that we will be. This is the new creation, all right? And so we, I'd love to just get into that with a conversation with you, a panel discussion, or just a, a preaching, a teaching. So when we, God puts the plumb line, he gives us the example of Jesus. I, I was at the first service. I just started, I stood up here and just went with everything I was thinking about. But I want to talk a, a little bit more about Jesus specifically because Jesus and his cross are, uh, are God's plumb line. And when I say they are because Jesus cannot really be removed or, or extricated from the cross, nor the cross from him. You know, Jesus cannot. You see, you and I, uh, we, we can be plumb with God because of the cross of Christ. The cross of Christ is, as it were, perfectly vertical. Jesus was perfectly right with God the Father. And, there, and he was perfectly right with us. So, so that's how this thing looks for us. So when God puts the plumb line in, I think it's the plumb line of the cross. And let me just kind of throw it out because my notes aren't going to do me any good if I do, do this, right? Uh, but let me just throw it out. God, God has given us the cross. He has told us to be perfect as, as he is perfect. He has told, told us that we must be righteous and, and, be, and be people of justice. And that God wouldn't give us that tall order if he had not made provision for us in Christ. So Christ then is the plumb line. Be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Amen. Most Christians have probably never heard of the plumb line until recently because it's not something that is often taught. It's, uh, we find our text in the book of Amos chapter 7, and we'll read it a bit later. Uh, we seem to have, all of us, all of us, seem to have strayed from the strict standard that God has given us because we say nobody can do it. Why would a righteous God, a perfectly righteous God, a perfectly just God give you a task that you can't do and then judge you because you didn't do it? You know, it, it makes no sense. So God has given us. So the plumb line is Christ. And we are new creations. Our problem has been, in my view, that we have said we are new creations, but we didn't believe it. Because we were looking at old acts and actions and judging ourselves by those things rather than by what God said. What God has done with us, we have been brought forth, by, built built. Uh, according to, brought forth through the plumb line, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God's measuring device or measuring your, uh, stick. Jesus Christ is. And so uh, Paul tells us that we have been created in this plumb line, Jesus. Created uh, 
uh, in Christ for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we need to stop looking at this, what we would call empirical data, you know, and start to look at the Word of God. We are brought forth by the Word of God, by the Spirit of God. When we are brought forth in Christ, that is, created in Christ, we are brought brought forth by the Logos of God, the Word of God Himself, and the Spirit of God has brought us forth. We don't tend to know who we are. I'm, I'm just straight up. You say, well, I know. Well, we're going to look at behavior. We're going to look at what, how, what we are producing. You see, when I really know, that is in my knower, in my spirit man, when I really know in this new man, then I will comport myself differently. This is how the God is, is doing. So you don't have to despair out there and say, well, I don't know, man. I've tried for years. I, 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 I thank, thank to God for giving me long life. I, I've, I do. I thank him all the time. Not because I'm afraid to die. I am not afraid to die. I, I, I know where I will be when I die. I'm not going to be in that box or wherever they put me. You know, you tell people where you, 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 know, you, you want them to put you, and they may do whatever they want to. But wherever, <laughs> wherever I am, I know that body will be there, but I, my reality will be with God. Yeah. And so, so what, what we must understand is that God has really, actually, done something totally new for the believer. He, you and I, we are totally a new kind of humanity. We, we keep looking back to the old man and getting directions. Somebody said to me, well, you know the heart. The, the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? I said, no, no, no. That is the old heart. That's the Jeremiah 17 heart. The new heart is a new thing. It's a newly created one. It's one where the Holy Spirit lives. That's God's plumb line. God's plumb line. So... We have given in, as, I, as I've alluded to, we've given in to the pressures of this world or the world system. We give in to the world system and the pressures of it. I don't think we wake up in the morning and say, well, I'm going to give in to the world today. We don't do that. We are, we are trying to resist the world. As a matter of fact, the power that God has placed in, in each believer is able to deal with the uh, or to resist what the enemy is doing. Yeah, that power, nothing in the world can really resist that power. But we, we have not really allowed the Lord to bring us into closer proximity to that. That is, in our standard of living, in our believing, our believing, we have not. You see, we watch things that we should not watch and listen to things that we should not listen to because we seem to take our marching orders from the world or the world system. That's what happens. And so I do believe that we are living in a, like a new era right now. I think that we have crossed into something. I sense that very, very strongly. We have crossed into something. There's a particular newness that as you live in it, you begin to become familiar and say, wait a minute, something's different. Something's different than the way it used to be. And even I am thinking differently. Uh, I was uh, telling the first service that uh, somewhere on, on, uh, over in my message, a lot further over than now, but I was saying to the first service that I used to 
I would pray. I'd say, Lord, what's wrong with all these crazy thoughts that keep coming? I'm resisting them. What's coming? He told me the action movies you watch. Yeah, action movies. I just enjoyed them. You know, I enjoyed them. You know, but when you still keep hearing things like, I've got a particular set of skills, you know, you keep hearing that stuff. After a while, you know, you walk into a restaurant, especially us men, you know, we think we've got a particular set of skills, you know. And, and, and those thoughts. And so I said, okay, I need to stop. I, I'm, not, I'm not at all saying it's wrong to watch a movie. But what I am saying, I had to pull myself back. And since I pulled myself back, I'm, I'm not afraid, but I pulled myself back because God gave me new information. And when I pulled myself back... I, I can't tell you when I've had a bad dream. I mean, it's been so amazing. I said, God, you used to have these bad dreams. I'm trying to run from something. Something's trying to run from me. Something's trying to get hold of me, and I'm trying to get away, and I can't, you know. But I did. Why? Because we are, we are succumbed, given into the world system. The world's always pressuring us. They come with social media. They're always pressuring us. Our children are growing up with social media. But God wants our children to be plumb. You know, sometimes it's hard to even get them to church with us. And, and we say, well, well, you, got, you can't push them. Well, why can't you? You're feeding them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, some kid who hasn't even been here very long going to tell you what to do? Oh, no. No, oh, no. It doesn't work that way. But I'm not talking about child abuse. I'm talking about child rescue. Okay? Child rescue. Not, not child abuse. Not child abuse. So, <laughs> I'm hearing some old Methodist hymn over here. Yeah, Methodist hymn. So, so, I'm saying that as believers, we have to be sober and vigilant. Sometimes we believers have, have started to look at things and rely on things that are not plumb. That is, they're not perfectly related to God. Therefore, they cannot be perfectly related to the fellow man. They cannot be. It doesn't matter what, what. I don't even watch the news channel I used to prefer. One of our elders one time came in and accused me of something, but I won't tell you. But see, I don't even, I don't, I don't. I may here and there, but I don't, I don't. I don't do that. What I do is I, I'm going to God for my information. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will just lead you here and there. But if you've got that place that you always go that is of the world, from the world, of the world, and all that, then you will be deceived. You will be deceived. So let's talk about what God is doing. God is giving us His Word, and we have the Word of God now every day of the week, but you can have the, at least every Sunday. You can have the Word of God. You can have it every Wednesday. And uh, you have a Bible. You can have it every day and every hour upon the hour. And so that is God's standard. God's standard does not deviate because we have not given Him what He expects. And, and God's standard, there is no vacillation in God's standard. So, so when you look at this uh, plumb bob here, this thing is perfectly perpendicular. It's perfectly perpendicular. So God said, how do I please God? I must be perfectly related to him. I must be perfectly what? Be ye perfect for your father as your father in heaven is perfect. And so what that means is I will keep my mind on the Lord and the Lord will sustain me. That's what that means. God's standard does not change because the output has not measured up. 
And so you and I must know there is no variation with God's standard. I, I was telling my wife during the conference, I was telling her that when everybody was speaking so beautifully, so well, and uh, I was just enjoying it. It reminded me that when we built, we built a house in 1982, I believe it was. We built a house in, in Kingsville, Texas in 1982. I'd always wanted to build a house, and, and we, we did so. And we had a great uh, Christian who built the foundation, uh, or, or who was our general contractor. We had a Christian pastor who laid the foundation. I'll never forget his uh, Brother Martinez, right? Brother Martinez was a, a, a pastor who laid the foundation. He brought the ugliest boards over that I've ever seen. And, uh, and I looked at those ugly boards, and I'm thinking, how in the world is, is my foundation going to be okay? But those old ugly boards had built numerous foundations. And he said to me, what, I looked at him, he said, he said, I have never had a failed foundation. Yeah. I have never had a failed foundation. And, and this is what he did, was he, he took a bottle of oil, he had olive oil. Some of you just cook with it, but he did more than cook with it. And he had this, and his workers were standing around there. He put his finger on the top and just started to sprinkle them. He said, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Christ, pow, pow, and all over him. Everybody's just all over And listen, he had a powerfully solid foundation. And those boards that did not look good held the cement, of the, the, the cement in there, and that foundation was perfectly. So I tell people that when you have been, you are plumb with God, you may not look good on the outside, but you can hold everything that God's putting inside you. Those ugly boards held that cement. And that foundation was level. It was a great foundation. So the mason came over, and he started to put the brick up. And one day he said to me, he said, that wall is crooked. I said, really? He said, it's crooked. I said, I said, that wall's not crooked. He said, that wall is crooked. So I got in his place. That wall's not crooked. It's good enough for me. He said, it's not good enough for me. He said, I'm going to tear it down. I said, you're going to tear all that brick down? He said, at my own expense, because it's not straight. And this is what God is saying to the church today. You know, our, our, our foundation, now normally when a wall goes crazy, it's because the foundation's problem. It's a, there's a foundational problem. But in this case, the, the builder said, no, I messed up. So sometimes when we put our hands to God's business, we, we, and we are tainted by the world here and there, and when we put our hands to it, we're not building straight. And so we, it has to be torn down. That's why the Bible says things like, do your first works over. Some of us have to do some works over. As I was saying earlier, perhaps in this service or the, or the previous service, I said, Lord, thank you for longevity. Thank you for longevity because there are some things that I understood last year that I'd never understood before. There are some things I thought, hmm, i got a better handle on it now this year than I did last year. I'm saying God is building us. He's the builder. He's the mason. He is doing it to the plumb. 
This is a standard that does not vary. It does not lean to the left or the right, to this side or that side. And when believers understand that, I believe that God is going to give us a tremendous infusion of the Spirit of God. I'm seeing it. I've been touching it. I told you that. I've been peeping over the wall and I'm seeing something. This is what God's going to do. But so often, we have spent more, so much time learning something that's wrong, we'd rather Rather than tearing it down, we'd rather keep manipulating it. Let's deal with that, brothers and sisters. Let's, let's allow God's Spirit to just change us. Sometimes we just need to go to God and just say, God, I'm messed up. I, I'm not asking you for a hand, but if you haven't gone to God and said, I'm messed up, I want you to know you're still messed up. There's nothing wrong with you know, you know, the preacher has done that. Multiple times, I pray daily, daily, Lord, make me better today. Sometimes I say, God, I don't like my progress. One time here, maybe a couple of years ago, uh, a year and a half or so, I said, God, I don't like my progress. I said, why don't you do these things faster? And I told you the story about it. And, and uh, man, uh, he said, you humans are too delicate. And so I'm saying, but come on, like, I'm not delicate, God. I didn't say that, but I thought that. I'm not delicate, God, you know, and uh, like the, the, the article that our sister Jaleel had read. So I'm, I'm thinking that I'm not delicate, and God began to deal with me and to making me better, and I felt like I was going to die. I said, God, you know what's best. Take it easy on me. I'm just saying, you need to tell God. God will do it in his time. God will make you better. If you say, well, I'm not better because of this one. I'm not better because of that one. That's not true. You're not better because of you. That's, that's it. Let's allow the good hand of God in the midst of us to make us better. You and I can be made better. Let me read the scripture. Please forgive me. Let me read the scripture. Um, Amos 7, 7 through 8. Before, while you're getting that scripture, this was the, for the third time the prophet was shown a vision of judgment. This time the sentence was unalterable. He had shown uh, two, two visions before and God relented because of intercession. Sometimes we don't realize that God has not done, given us what we deserve because of somebody's intercession. It may be your pastor's intercession. It may be your father's, your mother's intercession, or brother or sister's intercession. But God is saying to the church today, right now, this day, I am not going to alter it. I, my sentence is unalterable. I'm going to deal with my people. Then you and I don't get angry with God. For, you're, if you're a child and you've ever been spanked, I'm sure we have people here who've never been spanked. I'm, I'm sure, you know, some of you have never been spanked, right? But as a, as a child, uh, you know, if you've got a child that's never been spanked, you've got a child who's set in their ways. You know, you've know, you got a child that's set in their ways. This is what I'm saying. We need to go to God and say, Lord, whatever is needed, do it. And, and we can say, be merciful, Lord. Because this is a good thing to be in the hands of God. God's hands are, are trustable hands. You can trust Him to care for you and to love you. He sent His only begotten Son to die for you. So we're living in a day when, when God is making us plumb. The plumb line is not partial. We have lived in a world where people will like you and, and they'll give you a break because you look good or you're, or you're good looking or, or whatever. 
you have or you, or you don't have. They'll judge you by that. But we're living in a day when God's hand is going to release the plum. And he's going to judge us straight. The plumb line is not partial. Your responsibility is to be in alignment with the plumb line of God. That's your responsibility. How do you do it? By saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Would you put the, the, the yes. In Amos 7, verse 7, he says, thus he showed me. Behold, the Lord stood on a wall made with a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. Then the Lord said, behold, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will not pass by them anymore. The high places of Isaac shall be desolate as Israel, and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. I will rise with the sword against the house of Jeroboam. This is what God did. This is what God did. And Amaziah, who was this priest uh, in Bethel, he, he sent to Jeroboam, king of Israel, saying in verse 10, he says, uh, Amos has conspired against you in the midst of the house of Israel. That is, he has done this in public. He has conspired against you. And this man, what he had done, Amaziah was, is... Um, he is a representative of the world system that is pre pretending to be one of God's people, but he's mostly representing the world system. And there is a danger that there are some of us who say we are God's people, but we do more to represent the world system than we do God. And we'll come against God's people before we'll come against our buddies in the world system. I have seen it. You have seen it. I trust you recognize it. I have seen it. I've seen it. Now, let me finish as I finish here. And so he says, um, the land is not able to bear all his words. For thus Amos has said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword. So Amos gave a prophecy that God gave him about the leader, the king. He will die by the sword. And so this other Amaziah uh, rises up against the man of God in favor of the idol worshiper. That's what's happening today. He said, And Israel shall surely be led away captive from their own land. Then Amaziah said to Amos, Go, you seer, or you prophet. Go, you seer. Flee to the land of Judah. There eat bread. And there prophesy. Amaziah was very deceitful because this is the real story. He, Amos was not doing it. He was not doing it for profit. He was doing it because God called him to do it. I want you to say just because the preacher says something you don't like doesn't mean the preacher's meddling. Dr. Jackson, Doug Jackson, wrote, uh, uh, preached a message called, When Did Truth-Telling Become Troublemaker? And we need to look, look at that as believers. I'm not fussing at you. I'm not beating you. I'm just saying, let's be the people of God. Uh, let me go here and sh just share a little bit with you. Amaziah was just really bad. He said, um, he, he answered and said to, uh, oh, then Amos answered and said to Amaziah, after Amaziah accused him of wrongdoing, he said, I was no prophet, nor was I a son of a prophet, but I was a sheep breeder. 
and a tender sycamore tree fruit. Then the Lord took me as I followed the flock. And the Lord said to me, go prophesy to my people, Israel. So I was no prophet. God called me that. The prophet pleased uh, for himself. He was not at liberty to obey the counsel of Amaziah. He couldn't obey Amaziah. Why could he not obey Amaziah? Because um, Amaziah was wrong. Amaziah was pretending to be a priest of God, but he was representing the world system. And this is what you and I must be careful of, be wary of. My time is gone. We'll talk about it some more in the future. Let me just say, let me say, if you've heard this message and the little bit of stuff I've tried to share with the Word of God I've tried to share, if it wasn't just what you needed to hear, let me just tell you like this. God's standard is holiness and righteousness. This is righteous and just. And I, I want to say something really clear. I, I feel like I'm, I'm compelled by the Spirit of sin. The university, of course, with our precious sister, Barbara, and our precious sister here from the university, they, they decided to honor me during Black History Month. I, I didn't think that I'd done anything worthy of honor because all I've ever done in my life since I've repented of my sins is just to do what Jesus puts in front of me. I've not tried to help this group or that group. I just tried to do whatever Jesus said. And as a result, somebody says, oh, what you've done is significant. That's amazing. That's not what I was intended to do. I just want to obey. Bishop Carmody said in our hearing one day, beautifully it's a saying that you've heard many times in many places. He said, a rising tide lifts all boats. Lifts all boats. That's what God wants you to do. It's not just the way you see something. Because a lot of times our view is jaundiced. It's diseased. So you have to go to God. Pull off your spectacles and look through God's eyes. And then you'll know just what to do. There's much I would like to say right now because I feel the, pres the presence of God. I know why I'm in South Texas. A little boy saw some migrant workers and fell in love with them. Just do what Jesus wants you to do and you'll be plumb with him. And he'll never say, I never knew you. This is our time. This is our hour. And if you're here and you don't know the Lord, I'm going to come back in a minute and invite you to come to Jesus. The elders are going to be serving communion, but I'm going to invite you to come to Jesus. You'll never live forever, that is, in the presence of God, if you don't repent of your sins. You have to be plumb with God. You have to be plumb with God. You will, you will live forever but separated from the presence of God. That's why we give invitations to come to Jesus. Every one of us who is in Christ was a sinner 
we were no good. You might say, well, I hadn't done anything bad. Well, you were on your way. Because we're all cut from the same cloth of Adam. So I want you to think about it. And I'll come back a little bit later. And I'm going to ask you to give your heart to Jesus. Amen, Brother James.